At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Lombardi line. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you live from the South Point Hotel, Casino, and Spa on a Tuesday, the 17th day of August, hour number two of the program. And we've been talking, of course, a lot of NFL. The NFL preseason kicks off in week number two. In a little over 48 hours from now, the New England Patriots off of a win over the Washington football team will take on the Philadelphia Eagles, who lost their first game. The Philadelphia Eagles are a one-and-a-half-point underdog currently in this contest and Wes let's go back to week number one where we really saw every team play in the NFL from Thursday through Sunday was there a team that most impressed you with what you saw last week in light of what I said earlier I want to say this with a grain of salt because Minnesota held out 33 players Mm -hmm. in that game Denver held out their fair share too but the Denver Broncos and we were I think that was the game that we were on during the green zone on Saturday Saturday, Denver looked good on both sides of the ball. And Drew Locke, I thought, looked very sharp. I thought Teddy Bridgewater looked sharp. Now, granted, you're not playing against all number one, so I'm trying to be not so much a prisoner of the moment here with the Denver Broncos. But this is a team I really like their defense. And they're kind of – everybody's kind of forgotten about in the AFC West because Kansas City is the clear favorite, and you would expect that they're going to win that division. But a lot of people are kind of touting the Chargers, that they're going to be the improved team in that division because they have – have a 
an offensive line in front of Justin Herbert, who obviously had a very good rookie year as the quarterback for the Lightning Bolts. But you look at this defense for Denver, and you get these guys in, in terms of pass rushers, you know, having Vaughn Miller there. They have a pretty good defensive line. Bradley Chubb at the Will linebacker, another good pass rusher. It could be a double-digit sack guy. I really like this secondary with Kyle Fuller, who the Bears had to kind of give away to be able to sign Andy Dalton. The Bears really let this guy get away and almost gave him to Denver. And Denver said, thank you very much. We'll scoop him up. So you've got him. You've got Ronald Darby at the other corner. Kareem Jackson, Justin. Justin Simmons, good safeties. By the way, I haven't mentioned that first-round draft pick, Patrick Sertan II, his father, pick of course. Pick six. Long-time player in the National Football League and did have a pick six. So this is a really talented secondary that Denver has. This is going to be one of the better defenses in the, not only the division but the entire league. So if they can just kind of be okay offensively, if Drew Locke can kind of materialize, Melvin Gordon, Royce Freeman, Levante Bellamy, that's a good backfield. And Denver has always been able able to run the ball even now they had Alex Gibbs remember that offensive line coach uh, for years he of course passed away unfortunately earlier this summer but Denver has kind of kept that zone blocking running scheme and they've always been able to just plug any running back back there and run the ball successfully Noah Fan, the tight end out of Iowa had some rookie growing pains had some good moments and some bad moments last year but this is his second year now in the offense we know what the receivers Cortland Sutton Jerry Judy mm-hmm. out of Alabama who they drafted in the first round two years ago. It's just about the quarterback. KJ Hamler had a very good preseason game. So Denver, you know, maybe could be a sneaky offense if this offensive line can stay together and this quarterback can just be a little bit consistent. I think in this second week, I believe Bridgewater, it's kind of like that Colts situation I I mentioned earlier where the guy that got the number two reps last week is going to get the number one reps this week. So Bridgewater, I believe, is going to start and then Drew Lockett the second spot. I think Drew Locke is still going to win the job, but the Denver Broncos all of a sudden looking maybe attractive if you're looking for make the playoff prop, maybe a wild card team. I don't think anybody expects they're going to win the division, but could be one of those teams that sneak into the wild card. There's always one team that you don't expect that gets in there, and it might be Denver. I thought the Raiders looked impressive. Yes. I did not expect uh, that kind of effort out of them, but uh, the home opener with fans, the first time fans were allowed in the stadium there at Allegiant Stadium. Wes and I, you were there. Uh, we uh, it witnessed a good effort by uh, both sides of the line of scrimmage, I thought. Nathan Peterman, now we didn't see Derek Carr or Marcus Mariota, but I thought the team was pretty impressive. I thought the Buffalo Bills looked good. We have been talking about you know, where did that defense go? That defense was such a signature part of this team three or four years ago that we haven't seen with kind of the coming out party of Josh Allen. But I thought they really put it on the Detroit Lions in their preseason opener. And then I thought the Patriots looked pretty good. The Washington football team played a lot of their starters uh, for a lot of that game. And the Patriots, you know, you and I have kind of talked about this, that Bill Belichick was maybe going to come out with a purpose this year. He didn't really like what he saw out of his team last didn't year. Didn't like being told he can't win without Tom Brady either. Yeah, absolutely, and I thought that was a pretty good effort. Uh, The running game certainly looked good in New England. Welcome to all of you just now joining us. This is the Lombardi line right here on VEASANandVEASAN.com, the sports betting network. Wes Reynolds and Brady Cannon with you live from the South Point Hotel Casino and Spa on a Tuesday. Talking a little football. We continue the football conversation, but we're going to switch to college. Adam Kramer now joins us. That must mean it's college football season again, just a couple of weeks away in earnest, but we do, of course, have that opening week, which will begin on August 28th, and we're excited to have our man back. He will grace the airwaves and also 
the pages of our online digital publication, Point Spread Weekly. Adam, good to be with you, my friend. We're talking college football again. I'm fired up. It feels good, right? I, I just secured tickets to um, Illinois, Nebraska, the, one of the hottest tickets on the market. <laughs> I know everyone very excited, but I'm going to go there as a fan. I've got I've got a lot of uh, my neighbors are Nebraska fans, and this actually is a big game. So I'm I'm actually readying for my first trip of the year, which I get to do, not covering it, which is going to be a great deal of fun. And then, you know, we're off and running. So, yeah, it feels good to be talking about actual football games. Adam, let's actually talk about that game. That will kick off yeah. on August 28th, one of those first opening week games in Champaign, the Nebraska Cornhuskers going on the road. And it seems like we keep waiting for Scott Frost to live up to expectations with the Cornhuskers. It just really hasn't happened yet. And I looked at this opening line. I think this was one of the games that really caught my eye early. Nebraska laying a touchdown on the road. And it's come down a little bit we're seeing a lot of six and a halves in the market now what are your thoughts on this opener of college football season and it's come down even more so right this was a nine uh, earlier in the off season i think first and foremost i don't think you can overstate the importance of this game for scott frost right you've got brett bielema back uh he's always been a natural fit one of my favorite people to cover in all of the sport i think his style is going to be pretty clear um, look, I've been guilty of falling into the Scott Frost trap of just it's a matter of time. When you look at his track record, it felt like such a great fit at Nebraska, and it just hasn't happened. But I still think this is a good spot for them. I, I, I still believe it's going to take a little time for the infrastructure of what Bielema wants in Illinois to be put into place. I think Nebraska still has a decent amount of talent. They've done well. Uh, they've done okay in the transfer world as well. So I'm I'm tempted Nebraska, uh, to back Nebraska. It is a fresh year. Uh, I'm going to be surrounded by Nebraska fans, too, so it'll be really uncomfortable if I don't. Uh, but regardless, um, I, it is a monumental game. Like, Scott Frost needs to have this game. You've got a new AD in Nebraska. That's a pretty significant moment for people that have followed that program and the comfort that Frost has had. If they don't win, and if it's not even convincing, quite honestly, the rumblings are going to continue. Adam, let's stick in the Big Ten. You live in Big Ten country. I am a Big yep. Ten uh, alum myself of Indiana University. And by the way, we do have some news that just came out. This from Adam Rittenberg of ESPN. Hunter Johnson has won the starting quarterback job at Northwestern over Ryan Holinsky, who came in as a transfer from South Carolina. So we'll see if the five-star kid out of Brownsburg, Indiana, can finally live up to that hype there in Evanston. They're going to be a little shorthanded on personnel. So yeah. let's just stick with that game, actually. That's going to be a Friday night game, I believe, in week one. They're getting Sparty coming in. Sparty, of course, Northwestern ended up winning the Big Ten West last year, but Sparty got him in that upset. Now, Northwestern, I believe about a four-point favorite pretty much across the board. This is Friday, September 3rd. What do you make of these two teams? Northwestern's got to replace a lot of personnel. Mel Tucker got a late start on recruiting in his first year in East Lansing. Seems like he's got at least a little bit more to work with this season. Yeah, you know, that quarterback situation at Northwestern is fascinating. Those are huge, high-profile names. If you follow recruiting, those were two of the most coveted quarterbacks in the country. Uh, Hunter Johnson, I remember seeing at a couple of camps and was an electric talent, and it just hasn't quite come together. Of course, has to come in late and figure it out. I like this Northwestern team, though. What you, you're going up against, you talk about transfers, right? Michigan State, they're trying to put this program together temporarily with, like, duct tape and bringing people all over in terms of being active on the transfer market. These are two programs that are, you know, seasonally up and down. You never know which one you're going to get because, again, they're not getting the assembly line of talent like the Ohio States, the Penn States, 
Michigan, whomever, right? They can't necessarily rely on that. So I do think the quarterback position is uh, important. Whether Honor Johnson keeps the job or not, we'll have to wait and see. But I lead Northwestern. This is a team that I thought last year was really good. I think defensively should be really good. Obviously, you you um, you didn't have last year in terms of an opt-out, one of the best left tackles in football, but they learned to play without him. Uh, I would lead the Wildcats here. Adam, another game as we head into Labor Day weekend. It'll kick off on September 2nd, Thursday, and you write about this contest up at vison.com, and that is Boise State going to Orlando to take on Central Florida. I really think this is a fascinating game. You have new coaches on either side. Andy Avalos, the former defensive coordinator, takes over at Boise State for Coach Harson, and then you have Gus Malzahn leaving Auburn to go coach the Knights of Central Florida. Uh, many people wondering what Malzahn is going to bring to the table there and you know Avalos it's kind of interesting he was the defensive coordinator the Broncos actually gave up more yards than they gained last year despite their winning record so I I think there's a lot on the table for both of these teams currently Gus Malzahn and the Central Florida Knights favored by four points what do you think about this one so this is going to be such a stylistic change right when you have Heupel in there as coach you're moving at breakneck pace and I remember interviewing Drew Locke, who played in Heupel at Missouri, and talked about kind of the good and the bad with that. Obviously, the good, if you're a quarterback, it's it you're, you're putting up numbers, you're shining, accolades, personal accolades, et cetera. But I also think that puts a ton of pressure on just all aspects of your team, specifically your defense. It's going to be a little bit different with Malzahn, you'd think. Now, this was a guy that used to be the offensive guru, the genius. He's he's obviously gone through iterations where he isn't calling the plays, and he is. I think it'll be interesting to see what he does with an offense that has a quarterback and that has some pretty good pieces in place. I, I wrote about it. I like the under here. We're just going to see UCF, and we think that this is going to be just a spectacular machine. And I, it's not necessarily a knock at Malzahn or even Boise State. I think there's going to be a major adjustment period here to getting an offense as different as this. And frankly, with Heifel, there's no offense quite like it that we've seen so I like the under I probably lean UCF I still think they've got an abundance of talent and you know this is a really interesting moment for for Gus Malzahn you talk about like getting out of the gate with a hugely important game where the guy the, the narrative surrounding him his coaching is existence seems to change every week or at least it did at Auburn. So I like UCF, but more importantly, I like the under here. I think both these teams are going to take a little while to get going. Brady, you mentioned Andy Avalos, who of course comes from the Oregon staff, was the defensive coordinator, and now uh, he is going to be replaced by Tim DeRuder. Tim DeRuder, the former for coach of Fresno State, and that's who Oregon plays in week one. Oregon has that game before the Ohio State game on September 11th in Columbus. Fresno State comes into town. Kalen DeBoer, second-year head coach, was the offensive coordinator previously at Indiana. Adam, what do you make of Oregon here? They're always kind of the shiny object out there in the Pac-12 because they get the best recruiting. We know Mario Cristobal can absolutely recruit. He's one of the best recruiters in the country at Alabama and has continued a lot of that success against Oregon. But Oregon always kind of leaves you wanting something more. It's like, wow, we think we look at them on paper. It's like they should be better than they are. Stylistically, like this isn't the Oregon team. I think a lot of people... Uh, kind of grew accustomed to with the shiny helmets and the fast uh, speed. Like, this is not that team. This is a team with Kayvon Thibodeau, who might be the best player in college football, who's going to be running around all over the place. And you look at a lot of their recent recruiting wins, Justin Flo and the recruiting in California, like Mario Cristobal is doing a fantastic job, have been on the defensive side of the ball. 
Now, of late, I mean, they just landed a massive wide receiver recruit this week. They're getting some offensive players. But I think uniquely, this is going to be a team that can they get enough offense, which is strange to see. Now, this was a really good team last year. I think they're going to compete again. I actually trend a little bit more towards USC, and I feel somewhat dangerously saying that and doing so, just knowing we've done this before. Uh, I've done it before. I should know better, but I can't help it because I think USC is going to apply a ton of pressure. But this Oregon team, really, it's about can you manufacture enough offense? Because I think that defense is going to be a top five, top 10 defense in college football. I think the long-term outlook on that Oregon team is really, really positive. When you look at the recruiting now, translating to all of the different positions, I'm a big believer in Mario Cristobal. Specifically this year, though, in this game, I think watching that offense, the creativity, the way they move the ball around, is going to be huge for the long-term outlook. Because, again, all the defensive pieces are there. They'll be in every game because of their defense alone. Speaking with Adam Kramer, you'll be able to follow his college football thoughts all season long at vcin.com and hear him, of course, on our airwaves. You can follow him on Twitter at kegs and eggs. And Adam, one of the teams that uh, you're having a little trouble wrapping your head around are the Rebels of Old Miss. And I've spoken with a lot of people that are really high on this team. Lane Kiffin comes in, and obviously he had the offense firing on all cylinders last year. I remember you and I had a conversation. You, of course, tipped Devontae Smith on the uh, highs trophy and I said well who's going to be next year and Matt Corral was your guy you still like Corral yep. I, I do I look I like Lane I've, I've done I've spent a lot of time with Lane he looks great by the way I don't know I mean he's lost 30 40 pounds the dude like has had himself a good offseason I, I think Corral is a fascinating fascinating piece because outside of a couple of dreadful games last year where the interceptions stacked up he is huge he's got a huge arm in this offense, he should absolutely fly. I love the defensive staff, DJ Dirk and Chris Parker. Like they've assembled, this is how a program should be built under Lane and let him do his offensive thing. And you'd think the defensive side is covered. The problem though, is this schedule is brutal. I mean, even Liberty in there, A&M, Alabama, Louisville. Look, I, I, I think Tulane is capable. I think they'll beat Tulane, but like that's, that's where they are. Mississippi State, if this was a team that was in, you know, the Big Ten or or another conference or the ACC, I'd feel a lot better. I struggle just with how this is going to translate against teams that are in similar situations. Plus, look, as a Jets fan, Elijah Moore last year was, I'm, I'm thrilled to have him. That's a huge loss, huge loss for them as well. So to me, I love Lane. I love what they're doing. I like the general direction. The thing I get hung up on, win total at seven and a half, is the schedule. And I think it's really, really tough. If they get going, a couple of these games, the Mississippi State, some of the others that we have circled, Louisville, they should win those games. So in theory, they should. I think they could go over. But there's a lot of other games on here that are, are you know, not just coin flip games, that are teams that, frankly, right now have more talent. So, Adam, let's go back to Lane's former employer. That would be Nick Saban, of course, at Alabama. They are going to play in Atlanta, Georgia, a kickoff game in week one against the U, University of Miami, Florida, and currently 18-and-a-half, 19-and-a-half down there in Atlanta. De'Ara King obviously coming back from that injury. What do you make of Alabama? I know it's the old they don't rebuild, they reload here, but do you think maybe a potential that they kind of start out a little sluggish out of the gate and then just really kind of find their stride with that new quarterback midseason? I got to be careful because I've done this before. We've done this before. And we do this with Alabama, but and they find a way to do it. So so the point you make is is valid, but I look at what they lose, right? Let's, let's go down. You lose a, a quarterback who had a historic year 
a Heisman winning wide receiver. Jalen Waddle selected top 10 in the draft, a all time running back for that program, which speaks volumes. When you go back to the Derrick Henry's Najee Harris was that key pieces of an offensive line, which was the best offensive line in college football, a shutdown corner linebackers. And you lose a lot, right? Like even by Alabama standards, you lose a ton. Now I've talked to people who love the wide receivers. They still have that say by the end of the year, this is going to be the best group in the country. Uh, I, I think Ohio state may have something to say about that. Quite honestly, I've, I've talked to other people who, who just think offensively, they're going to keep going and that bill O'Brien, which is another interesting cog in this, by the way, because Sarkeesian did such a good job that he's going to be fine. I I've covered Bryce young um, height weight has always been kind of the knock. I think he's an electric talent dominated California high school sports. I think he's going to be really good. I also think he's going to make some mistakes. So yes, if you're Miami, who also loses a lot of key pieces, by the way, specifically on the defensive side, you got to let DR King be DR King. You got to let him run. Who's coming off an ACL injury, probably easier said than done. Easy for me to say, you've got to let him create because when he creates that offense can be really, really good defensively. I think it's going to be a struggle. Um, so it's, it's a really tough game for me to figure, but absolutely. I think Miami could be competitive this game. The problem I ultimately we're talking about Alabama, what we didn't really talk about other than certain that defense is young. It got beat up against Ole Miss last year. And then it played pretty well down the stretch. The defense should be a lot better, but if you're going to play Alabama, I want to be in Miami situation. I'm playing right now because I think you at least have a puncher's chance. Adam, just a couple of minutes left. And if not Alabama, you kind of make a case in your article for the Ohio State Buckeyes. You think this team is loaded and in the neighborhood of five or six to one the, to win the national title you think might be worth it. I, I do. And I think, look, if we're looking at Ohio State too, long term, if you follow recruiting and you're, you know, a, a recruiting degenerate like I am, <laughs> they are they are the team to watch. They are recruiting at a level right now. They got a quarterback to reclassify Quinn Evers that is uh, the number one player in the country. And oh, by the way, the number four and five players in the country uh, also. Jack Sawyer, a defensive end, is going to be a star right now. Like he's going to be a star immediately. Columbus kid who's going to shine. So while I've sided with Georgia for much of the offseason, and I still like Georgia a great deal. I think this is the year that Georgia can break through, largely because of what we talked about with Alabama and all they're losing. I think Ohio State, if I'm evaluating this from a short-term, long-term perspective, with the competition of the Big Ten, the gap between Ohio State, the Penn States, the Michigans is getting even wider. And from a recruiting standpoint, with Ryan Day, I really don't expect that to change. So, yeah, minus 190 or minus 200 to win the Big Ten has been one of my favorite bets uh, all off-season long. I just, I'm evaluating Ohio State as we go, man. And I think the future for that program, it's already bright, right? I'm not talking about this program like it's like finally Ohio State's doing it. No, they've been doing it. It could get that much better for them. Great to have you back, my friend. Look forward to talking college football with you all season long and uh, enjoy the rest of the week, Adam. Thank you very much. Appreciate it, guys. Take care. Thanks, Adam. All right. That is Adam Kramer. Check his work out at vison.com, also in our publication, Point Spread Weekly. And you can follow him on Twitter at Kegs and Eggs. When we come back, we're going to do a little more baseball. We've uh, gotten to a few games on the Tuesday card. We'll see if Wes Reynolds and myself have any more plays for the Diamonds. Major League Baseball Tuesday coming up next on the Lombardi line at vison, the sports betting network.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back into the Lombardi line. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you live from the South Point Hotel Casino and Spa talking a little Major League Baseball. And I asked Wes off air, which game do you want to start with? You got to play tonight. And of course, he went right to the San Diego Padres and the Colorado Rockies because uh, your red legs are involved in a wild card race with those Padres. And uh, for a while now, they've been creeping ever closer up on those Padres backs. San Diego really struggling as of late. That lead in the National League wild card 
card for San Diego down to just one and a half games and the Red Legs gained a game on San Diego on Monday night. They really clobbered the Cubs while San Diego lost to the Colorado Rockies. You go in there again, San Diego going to continue to struggle this evening in your opinion? Yeah, I think that they are and I do kind of like the first five actually a little bit better in the full game. San Diego has actually gotten the money here against Colorado. People fade in Colorado at home where they have been obviously much better and been pretty much the worst team in baseball when they step out of Coors Field. But you look at San Diego right now, just a lot of injuries. And it shows with that desperation. And I mentioned that on Sunday with you in the green zone. Don't be surprised if Jake Arrieta signs there in San Diego because they need somebody. They need a healthy arm in that rotation. And they did, in fact, sign Jake Arrieta yesterday. Right now, Darvish is out. Paddock is out. Dennison Lamette is out. You look kind of in the back end in that bullpen. Kella, Altavia, Taylor Williams, Drew Pomeranz also missing. So you have a tough task now with the bullpen game for the second time in three games. Ryan Weathers only lasted four innings in Coors Field yesterday. So that means you've got Padre relievers that got to have 23 innings over three days, basically. Matt Strom is going to get the start. He's made five appearances this year. He was on the injured list with knee surgery to start the season. He hasn't thrown more than 27 pitches in an outing. So 423 is what teams are hitting against him. You've had Austin Adams and Daniel Hudson pitch for two straight days. Chris Matt went two innings last night, so maybe all of these guys are going to be unavailable. Now, San Diego did get the boost with Fernando Tatis, and he's gone five and nine in two games with two home runs, four runs, and four RBIs. So maybe he doesn't like the fact that all these guys are getting MVP mentions, uh, Bryce <laughs> Harper and all these other guys. Uh, of course, uh, Trey Turner, et cetera, et cetera. So Tatis uh, staking his claim there. But you have Herman Marquez that is going to go for the Colorado Rockies tonight, 377 ERA this season. And he's had a couple blow-up outings, but by and large, those numbers are really good. And 24 starts this year, he's only allowed two runs or fewer, 15 of those 24 starts. So he's kind of figured out how to pitch at Coors Field. He's been... I don't want to say dominant because I don't know if you can be dominant as a pitcher at Coors Field, but seven and two at the 305 ERA at home opponents hitting just 199 against him. He's only given up four long balls in 14 starts there at Coors Canaveral. So look, I, I do like the Rockies here. I think the Padres are kind of starting to feel the pressure a little bit with the Reds only a game and a half back and they're having to go with this bullpen starter. And I've mentioned all year long, the San Diego bullpen got used very early in the season by Jason. Tangler and now maybe could be paying the price this year or, or at least right now because they have been absolutely struggling and the injuries hitting that bullpen and also that starting rotation. So I do like the Colorado Rockies here, especially in the first five. Yeah, I think Herman Marquez is probably the ace of that staff and uh, he will go tonight for the Colorado Rockies. I want to talk about two games here and these are pivotal in the American League West. The Houston Astros are at the Kansas City Royals. Houston opened as a minus 195 favorite on the road. We've seen a little trickle towards the Royals here at BetMGM, still minus 195 on the Houston Astros. And then you've got the Oakland Athletics at the Chicago White Sox. Chris Bassett against Ronaldo Lopez. Bassett certainly a Cy Young Award candidate. He had 12-3 and with an ERA of just 3.06 and the Athletics are a slight road favorite in the neighborhood of plus uh, minus 110 uh, on the road in Chicago. And of course, just two and a half games separate these two teams, the Astros and the Athletics West, and it seems like they're just trading punches when they both they either both win or they both lose. 
They both lost on Monday night, and I know they're both laying prices here, but I kind of expect both of them to bounce back and get victories here today. Right, and I'll start with the Athletics and the White Sox. Uh, could be a bullpen game with Lopez going for the White Sox more than likely. Uh, Chris Bassett's been dynamite as of late. One earned run in the last 20 innings overall pitched. Uh, and Chicago's bullpen, they have one of the deepest bullpens in the entire American League, so they should be fine if this does go into a bullpen game. A's bullpen has been looking better lately, a 358 fielding independent pitching over the 45 and two-thirds innings this month, so I'd be looking to the under nine here, A's White Sox. The Astros and the Royals, a big price for Framber Valdez on the road versus Daniel Lynch. They went to extra innings on Monday night, and the Royals got that one seven to six year final. I did not bet this game, but uh, I think the Astros, not so much on the A's, but I think the Astros could possibly be a parlay filler, maybe with the Dodgers. We'll talk about some more baseball a little later in the program. Time to get to our game, true or false, coming up next on the Lombardi line. Season is kicked off. It's the perfect time for you to huddle up with the VEASAN Pro Football Betting Guide. Our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. The guide's only 20 bucks, and discounts are available when you buy both the NFL and the College Football Betting Guide. Reserve your copy or sign up for VEASAN's all-access subscription and get everything we offer for the entire football season. Sign up now at VEASAN. Sin.com slash subscribe. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you inside the Lombardi line. Talking a little college, or excuse me, some Major League Baseball in the last segment. Now we switch back over to NFL football. We have another game show for you, Wes. True or false, the Chicago Bears will be in Los Angeles in week one to take on the Rams. They're catching seven points. True or false, Justin Fields will be the starting quarterback for Chicago in week one. That is going to be false. Now, I'm not as I'm not as 100% sure about it maybe as I was uh, about a week ago with this, considering how well Fields played. You got to give him credit. He did settle into the game. But you got to look at week one, who the Chicago Bears have on that schedule and who they go play. They go to SoFi Stadium in week one on Sunday night at football, uh, primetime on NBC, and they got to go play the Los Angeles Rams. And it's like, you want to put Justin Fields out there behind that offensive line, especially on that left side against Aaron Donald and company and this really good random Rams defense, Leonard Floyd, very good defensive line, even behind those guys. Also a very good secondary with Jalen Ramsey leading the pack back there for the Rams. It's like, do you really think that that's the best spot to put Justin Fields out there in week one? I know there's pressure on Matt Nagy and Matt Nagy, I think is one of the ones on the, I don't want to say a scorching hot seat, but it's certainly warm. And Matt Nagy, I think, you know, might get a little bit of desperate and he might get a quick hook, but I don't think it's going to be this quick of a hook because you look at this Bears schedule. They go to the Rams. I don't think that that's a spot for him. They do get Cincinnati at home. 
at Cleveland, Detroit at home. And I was kind of thinking, you know, maybe week four, October 3rd, Detroit at home might be a good place to do that because it's like you don't want to necessarily throw him in a road game at the Rams or a road game at Cleveland who has a lot of high expectations this year. So it's really just picking your spot. But I do think Andy Dalton, the Red Rifle, the Ginger Ninja, whatever you want to nickname him as, is going to be the starter despite the fact that we did not see a lot out of Andy Dalton in that first uh, unit offense last week against Miami. I believe they had five, three and outs. The prices on Justin Fields to start in week one, the yes is plus 190. The no is minus 250. And you mentioned Cleveland, a pretty good pass rush up there with Miles Garrett as well. All right, let's move to another rookie quarterback. True or false, Mac Jones will start in week one for the Patriots. And the yes is even a higher price here at plus 250. The no at minus 350. The New England Patriots will be at home in Foxborough hosting a division rival in the Miami Dolphins. There's starting to be some chatter, not chowder, but chatter up there in New England about maybe that Mac Jones should be the starting quarterback in week one. He's certainly getting his advocates up there kind of in that Boston Providence type media up there and some of the blogs, but I still don't think he is going to start yet in week one. I think I thought he looked very good and looked very comfortable there. And I think eventually he might start, but I don't, I think they bill Belichick does want to give Cam Newton a chance because Cam Newton on offense, you know, he did not play very well. So he deserves a lot of the criticism and a lot of the blame. But when you looked at that receiving core last year, when we had Las Vegas, Chris, Chris, the in here last week, and we were talking about this team, it's like, well, who were the receivers last year? You didn't know really Jacoby Myers was kind of the only guy that you knew and Nikhil Harry who was a former first round pick at Arizona State still has yet to I think reach what the expectations were of him but the receiving core for New England didn't exactly help Cam Newton out they had a lot of opt-outs on that team I think some of the most in all of the NFL so a lot of those guys especially on defense are back this is a relatively solid offensive line with Andrews as a veteran Isaiah Wynn at left tackle and then Trent Brown at right tackle they did add receivers they added Aguilar from right here with the Las Vegas Raiders. They added Kendrick Bourne. Myers is back. Nikhil Harry is back. They're going with that double tight end look that they used to do with Benjamin Watson and Rob Gronkowski. So Johnu Smith and Hunter Henry. Now Hunter Henry's got to stay healthy and get healthy, but that looks like that could be a formidable combination. So I do think that they want to give Cam a chance up there before they pull the plug in Foxborough. By the way, back to the Chicago Bears. They are catching a touchdown in that Sunday night football game. Week one, September 12th, Chicago at Los Angeles. And again, catching a full seven points there. The New England Patriots at home hosting the Miami Dolphins in week one are laying two and a half. Interesting that that game is still under a field goal there. All right, let's move to the Houston Texans. Of course, they have a quarterback situation going on as well. Tyrod Taylor will start in every game this year, true or false, if he remains healthy. And if you look at the odds to start in week one, Tyrod Taylor minus 500. Davis Mills, the rookie at five to one Deshaun Watson at plus 550 and Jeff Driscoll at 10 to one. My reaction here as far as this market for week one starter, Wes, is Deshaun Watson ought to be a higher price than that. Yeah, because if we believe John McClain, and I do, of course, John McClain, one of the dean of NFL reporters uh, for the Houston Chronicle, by the way, he covered the Houston football team when they were the Houston Oilers and Bum Phillips was on the sidelines. So if John McClain says something about the Texans, I believe it. And what he said, and this was last week, Deshaun 
Deshaun Watson has taken his last snap for the Houston Texans. We saw that uh, little video that kind of leaked out on social media and on television about why y'all filming me. It's like, well, you're the starting quarterback, or you were. You were the franchise player and the head guy of this franchise here in Houston. So that's probably why they got cameras on you. But I don't see this ending well, really, for both of these sides. There's got to be a parting of the ways at some point. So it is a true statement, I think, if healthy, that Tyrod Taylor is going to get the starts. And Tyrod Taylor's always been one of those quarterbacks that's kind of good enough to keep you in games. Maybe not good enough to, like, grab wins for you, but good enough not to lose for you. So Tyrod Taylor, if he's healthy. But Houston's going to be, I think, really bad. They're going to be one of the worst teams in the league. So maybe Davis Mills at some point, the third-round pick out of Stanford, is going to get a shot, but Tyrod Taylor is going to be the starter in week one. Interesting game in week one. It will be in Houston and they will be hosting a division rival in the Jacksonville Jaguars. And of all teams, the Jaguars are favored on the road at Houston West. They are three-point favorites. Still a two and a half lingering out there. Boy, that seems like I want to take that home dog too, and I especially would maybe like to do it on a teaser because you got a rookie quarterback and a rookie head coach at favored on the road in a division game. God, that seems like an automatic, but this is the Houston Texans so I have not jumped right in in the past I would have been like okay score I'm going to take that if that's three or more but I have not done so as of yet well in the first effort we saw out of the Jacksonville Jaguars in the preseason a lot of people thought they would come out with a lot of energy and Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence of course they they were I think uh, underwhelming in that first preseason contest against the Cleveland Browns we'll, we'll see we'll talk some more preseason football on the next segment here on the Lombardi line we'll be right back at VSIN. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. 
If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. summer heats up, so does the sports betting action at BetMGM. Sign up now using the bonus code VEASAN1000 and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. Place all your bets on the exciting showdowns in Major League Baseball and Major League Soccer and more sports from around the globe. And when you register with BetMGM, you'll also get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odds specials. The king of sportsbooks takes every play to a new level of excitement. Simply download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com and enter the bonus code VEASAN1000 to get back up to $1,000 on your very first wager. It's a new customer offer. Paid in free bets. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. You must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The promotional offer is not available in Nevada. Next up here on VEASAN and VEASAN.com will be the Nuts. We'll send it down to the Circa Resort and Casino for Mike Palm and Amal Shah. And we wrap it up here with some more NFL preseason talk, Wes. And that is going to kick off in a little over than 48 hours from now on Thursday in Philadelphia where the Eagles will host the New England Patriots. The New England Patriots getting a win in their free, uh, first preseason contest. The Philadelphia Eagles suffering a loss. And New England is favored here by a point and a half and I have not dived into this yet as far as who's going to start and how many starters are going to play and for how long and all that type of thing that's really certainly a part of the handicap when you're looking at the NFL preseason but it was interesting Dr. Bob Stoll on with Gil Alexander earlier this morning on a numbers game was talking about a long-term trend in NFL preseason is going against that team that won their first preseason game when they are matched against the team that that lost their for uh, their first preseason game. So that would be a play 
on the Eagles here catching a point and a half. What do you think? That would be where I would lean initially. Obviously, we want to wait to see who is going to, in fact, play. We don't have that information out just of yet. Most of these teams, too, Brady, and this has been kind of a new thing. I don't want to say brand new. It's been going on for a few years. You're now getting more joint practices mm -hmm. with these teams where they're actually scrimmaging and working against each other in camp. So it's not like, okay, we just hit our own guys and then we travel or we play the team that we play on the weekend for a preseason game so they've been practicing together they did a short one on Monday actually a short one today uh, was a longer practice yesterday so Patriots did have a few uh, guys missing especially at tight end both Hunter Henry and John o. Smith I mentioned that could be a key part of that offense for Cameron Newton to have some safety valves underneath both of those guys did not play neither did Matt Lacoste and now Troy Fumigali to the injured list so New England basically has two tight ends right now they have a fullback now having to play tight end because these guys of course miss practice or are on the injured list so that could be a little bit of a concern at least long term but I would agree with Bob's point in terms of just kind of the overall point you obviously got a handicap game individually and you can't just necessarily follow a trend but it bears logic that it makes sense that the team that lost in week one look they really want to get a win especially a Philadelphia team with Nick Sirianni as the new head coach that he's really going to maybe want this one a little bit more I'm I'm sure Bill Belichick still wants it too, but I would be leaning with the Philadelphia Eagles, but I haven't made very many bets yet this week because I just want to see kind of what the reps are and do a little bit more reading and research to see who's going to play. Well, you talk about reaction and market adjustment after one week of action, and we've seen that line move in a couple of games. We saw the line move on the Chicago Bears all the way up to four and a half point favorites, the Las Vegas Raiders up to, I believe, five and a half point favorites. So teams reacting, you know, they're not only reacting to what we saw to Justin Fields, but overall on that team in general, as far as the point spread's concerned, the second game of the week will kick off on Friday, August 20th. We'll have two games on Friday. The Kansas City Chiefs will be in Arizona to take on the Arizona Cardinals, and then Cincinnati will take on the Washington football team. Now, the Bengals are in Washington, and Washington is laying three and a half points. This is on Friday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern West. And Ron Rivera has come out and said that his starters are going to see a lot of action. Yeah, and they did in week one as well. I think that they were the lowest mark on that Warren Sharp tweet that I was referring to earlier. They had the least guys that they held out. So it would beg the question, obviously, the Bengals beat Tampa Bay. They were one of the biggest underdogs on the board in week mm -hmm. one in the preseason. So they went down to Tampa and beat the Super Bowl champions, albeit tough to you know really gauge too much into that or read too much into that particular game. But Washington has certainly taken the money. It was three and a half, now seeing four and a half at BetMGM, five even in the market, even a five and a half at a faraway place. So look, uh, that's what I was talking about earlier of preseason. You either want to get on the move early or you want to wait late if you want to play the other side because you are going to get some numbers and you've seen some variance. And one thing I want to point out just as a general rule in before we get into another individual game preview what I've noticed just looking at the screen here, we know that the unders, what were they, 14 and three? Was that the right record that you said, Brady, in terms of the unders? You see a lot of 
maybe some opposite George here this week. You've seen a lot of the overs get bet early on, so I don't know necessarily if that's projecting, okay, we're going to see more normalcy and we're going to regress from that trend of 14 and 3 to the under in that first week, or if guys are setting up maybe to get bigger numbers and come over the top. I don't know how much they're going to do that really in preseason, some of these wise guys and sharps, but you have seen a lot of totals get bet to the over. You mentioned that New England Philly game, 37 and a half to 39 already. Can Kansas City, Arizona, 37 to 41. Now that would assume that, okay, they've come out and said Kyler's Murray's going to get more work with Arizona and Patrick Mahomes may get some close to dress rehearsal reps. I wouldn't expect that he would play like a quarter and a half or a full first half, but that's a four point jump on a total in just about a day because most of these prices came out basically yesterday morning on Monday. So you've seen a lot of movement already. I think to these totals, some have been like a half point here or a point there, but most of these have actually been bet slightly to the over so far this week. Well, it's interesting that you point that out and certainly the bookmakers, they could have brought their totals down down by maybe a half point Mm -hmm. or a point two because they knew there was uh, such an influx of the unders coming in. So they may have adjusted their market as well. And then upon that adjustment, maybe you're seeing, you know, a wave of this over money. And and let's, you know, you're talking about a four point move on that total. But let's also recall it doesn't take a ton of money. Exactly. To move to move a line in the preseason, far less than it takes in a regular season contest. So maybe something to be careful about before you just run to the window and bet these overs where you're seeing a lot of line movement. Yeah, and don't follow it if it's moved four or five points. You're better off playing against it or just leaving it alone. And look, we're going to see that in the regular season too, as you mentioned. When we have more money in the market, we always have that overreaction, and no bigger overreactions usually than week one to week two. Not only in the preseason, but especially in the regular season. Here's one of those games that fits this system here, a team that won the week prior taking uh, taking on a team that lost the week prior, and that is the Lions and the Steelers. And this is a game that our friend Will Hill talked about as well, the Steelers laying points against Detroit. And we've seen this one move a little bit. Will Hill was able to get the Lions at plus 6.5. Now down to 5.5 here. We're seeing, uh, seeing the Steelers favored at Heinz Field. This will be a Saturday game, 4 Pacific, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. And I tend to agree there. I mean, I think it's hard to back the Lions right now. Wes, we saw that uh, Anthony Lynn and Dan Campbell combination, uh, you know, in that first outing there against the Buffalo Bills. And I, I don't know. I think the Lions were a little bit less than impressive. I mentioned the Buffalo Bills. I thought looked pretty good, uh, despite not playing a lot of their starters in that game. But uh, the Steelers now have two games under their belt. Mm-hmm. Maybe they relax a little bit in this one. Yeah, I could definitely see that and I think better saw that because this did get to six and a half this did open actually certain places at six and a half some guys are first and then some guys kind of follow the leader in terms of posting these prices but it did get bet on the Lions side now down to five and a half it's pretty much painted five and a half on the screen you can maybe search for a little bit of variance with that number at a couple shops but it's pretty much five and a half and I would agree on the Detroit side I think look Detroit I think tried they just didn't play very well and they really had their chances at the end really poor clock management allowed Buffalo I think they had Buffalo on a fourth and ten in that last sequence of the game and you know third and fourth stringers hit like a 45 yard bomb on fourth and ten to get it in the field goal reigns and Detroit really mismanaged the clock as Dan Campbell certainly got a lot of grief the uh, over caffeinated coaches will he'll uh, <laughs> describe Dan Campbell but 
he he really I think did kind of bungle the clock. Guy ran out of bounds too on third down when it would have forced Buffalo to use another timeout. So that obviously saved them some time. But Detroit would be the side I would be looking here because I do think. Dan Campbell and that team probably knows deep down, look, you always want to be optimistic because it's like, everybody's got a chance. We're all zero and zero. We're all O as they say to start the season. But I think Detroit knows they're in a pretty big rebuild there. And I think Dan Campbell knows we got to take every opportunity to win a game to kind of change a culture. And it's not going to happen overnight, but we got to win every opportunity because we're probably not going to have a lot of opportunities. So I do agree with Will Hill in terms of being on the Lions side here. Here's another one where we've seen a lot of movement and and that is the Atlanta Falcons taking on the Miami Dolphins. This is also a Saturday contest, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. And I didn't think the Falcons looked all that great. No, they did not. They did not play a lot of starters, but I think one thing is evident. After Matt Ryan, they don't have a whole lot of help at quarterback. And the Miami Dolphins uh, didn't look too bad in their game against your Indianapolis Colts. But to move from three and a half to five, I don't know why there's all of a sudden all this love on Miami. Yeah, this is probably one I'm going to stay away from. And I don't read too much in the preseason, but I was looking at the win totals and I was writing those up for the Visa and NFL betting guide, which will be out sometime next week. And AFC South was one of my divisions. And I was surprised to see Atlanta at seven and a half getting bet to the over. Now, they lost a lot of close games. I think they were like one and eight in games decided by seven points or less. So I understand the numbers, guys, are going to be like, okay, there's going to be a turnaround here. It's almost like if you were negative and big time in the turnover margin. Usually you turn that around the exact following season. So I think from a number standpoint, I understood, but I look at this Atlanta roster and I didn't play a win total. I would lean to the under at seven and a half, but out of respect to those numbers, but you look at this roster, there's not a ton of talent on this roster, really. And this is very much a rebuild. I think they should have really smashed it up and rebuild, maybe went with one of these young quarterbacks, but this is probably an overreaction to week one. That is going to do it for us. Now we send it down to the Circa Resort and Casino in fabulous downtown Las Vegas for the nuts with Mike Palm and Amal Shah. Have a good day, everybody. From VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.